97X. Band the future of rock and roll. Welcome to Don Dini, episode 93, all right? On today's show, the ladies discuss the stupidity of a modesty sermon. Simone relays questionable intelligence from the Muslim scientific community. And Stephanie wants to stay at a monastery. Marron. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Darkington and uh, Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong. Okay, thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm doing pretty well. I got to see little Quincy when we Skyped the other day, and he is a very handsome boy. Thank you. Thank you for saying so. He is. He's very pensive, and he just looked thoughtful and intelligent. And I love his male pattern baldness. Judah has the exact same. (laughs) (laughs) And the little scrawny limbs and and the little, you know, wobbly eyes at that age. I love it. I just think it's so precious. And the big fat pot belly. I love the brown belly. So cute. So yeah, I'm so glad we got cute. to Skype. It was so cute how the kids really wanted to see him. So I was like, yay, we can, oh, we can make that happen. Him. But but I did want to mention uh, before we did Skype, and we've been talking about Skyping for the last few weeks, and um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, listen, I, we think we've talked about this before, and you may have read stuff about this before, but you know, different people call soft drinks different things in different, in different parts of the country. So some people say soda, as we do, I think, on the West Coast, and then some people say pop, and then some parts of the country say Coke for everything. <laughs> Everything's I'll have coke. A coke. Sprite is coke. And then, Mountain Dew is and coke. Then, so you say, "What do you have?" I'll have coke, and then you, they ask, "What kind?" Is that right? Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. So apparently, and you're from the south, so you used to call everything coke. Is that right? That's correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. So apparently, anything that's video conferencing, Stephanie calls Skype because I signed onto Skype. And I'm like, oh, we've never Skyped before, so uh, how do I find her? And I'm like, what's her username on Skype? She's like, oh, let me find out. And then I hear this weird ringing that I've never heard before. And I'm like, what's that? That's not the Skype ring. And then I couldn't figure it out. And then finally I, like, minimize it and see that she's calling me from a Google Hangout, which is what she called Skype. So, yeah, I guess much like everything was Coke, any video chatting is Skyping for Stephanie. (laughs) It's like all stuff you put on your lips is chapstick and all tissues or Kleenex and yes. <laughs> all soda is Coke even if it's root beer or Sprite <laughs> same goes with video conferencing <laughs> yes it's all Skype so um anyway well the mothering stuff's been going okay I had kind of a I don't know it's just I'm having like this period where I can't I, I know all these things I have to do and I can't I feel like I can't do anything you know yeah. like I just just deal with the baby stuff and it's just like I can't I can't get anything else done and also i've got a swollen gland um a a salivary gland that's swollen that's causing me a lot of pain and discomfort i have a sore throat so it's just like all these like i just want to sleep any chance i get to just get away from the screaming baby and the throat and the gland and blah so and everything else is like 
fuck, I don't have to do that. So I'm not. But I'm doing this. So uh, I guess that's Yeah. <laughs> that's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. I probably because I committed to it yesterday before today. So. Oh, and then today. <laughs> like if, if, if it had been up to you for today, this might not have happened. <laughs> exactly. If you'd like text me today, should we do this today? I would have said, fuck no. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, no. I'm glad. No, once it's happening, like it's just the boost I need. And right now I can hear poor Greg is, I, get, I don't know if it's going to get picked up in the mic, but Greg is trying to keep Quincy quiet. So, well, I think but, last week we, Lolly's pounding on the door and going, Mom, like came through loud yes, and clear. It should have. <laughs> well, I just ignored her. <laughs> She's not supposed to interrupt Mommy's podcasting time. No. But, um, but yesterday I went to, um, one thing I wanted to do to get away, like while, you know, just from baby screaming and enjoying peace was Mad Men. So it was kind of my plan before he was even born that every week I was gonna like, you know, go to somebody's house and just watch Mad Men quietly without a crying baby. And this didn't end up happening, you know, just cause, you know, it's just, I was too exhausted to get it together. And I just, you know, watch it later and, you know, record it and watch it later. And anyway, and then uh, finally yesterday, uh, my friend who I was gonna watch it with, she's like, oh, uh, you know, so-and-so's watching it, let's go over there instead. And I was like, okay, let's do that. And it was just people pausing, talking, you know, peanut gallery, the entire episode. And I was like, this is more intrusive than the crying babies. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the peaceful viewing of Mad Men that I had hoped for. So, yeah, so I won't be watching the finale, Nick. I'm glad it wasn't the finale. I would have been really bummed if uh, it was the finale that was that much. Uh, Is there just um, one more week until the finale? Did I read that right online? Okay. Yeah, so next week, next Sunday, six days from now is the finale. This season is fucked up. I love it. It is. It is. It's It's so trippy. It took like half, the first half was really slow, but I never mind because I always know they're setting the stage for something. So I'm like, yeah, there's always payoff, no matter how slow it is. It's brilliant. Yep. So that's that's good storytelling. You know, it's like like, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. The first half is like, God damn, get on with it, get on with it. And it's like a 400 page book, but then it's like, oh, oh, of course. So, and then after I'd finished that, I was like, I don't know how they can make this into one movie. This needs to be two movies. This is like, you can't leave anything out. So, and they left tons of stuff out and it worked. But yeah, I felt like everything was of value in the end. So, patience pays off. So, oh, so good. Yeah. Um, speaking of movies, last week we went to go see the premiere of Sofia Coppola's movie called The Bling Ring, which is so embarrassing to say, but it's yes. based on. <laughs> I love Sofia Coppola, and yes, you know, she, yeah, I really love Lost in Translation, especially love it so much. But um, so we were excited to see it. It's based on a true story of three years ago. There were these rich LA kids who would scout when you know they'd look online like Perez Hilton and delisted and see when people like Paris Hilton and you know just all kind of celebrities were going to Vegas to host something at a club then they'd break into their house and steal their stuff Uh and they did this like crazy and they never got caught like they were able to do it and well they eventually got caught after like a couple years but it was insane like and they filmed in Paris Hilton's house and it's it's so funny it just makes you hate her like she has you know this closet with pillows with her own face on it and it was it was hysterical um Emma Watson is in it and she was so good she's so good she's like I know I got caught but I think that was for a purpose so that I can educate people about society like she just sounds like an idiot and she played it so perfectly and anyway so that was a super fun thing but I was um kind of part of the peanut gallery because this is a Sif 
opening thing, Seattle International Film Festival, and everyone there takes themselves very seriously, and it's, you know, <laughs> okay, maybe not everyone, but, you know, it's that air of cinema is a wonderful entity in our society, and this is what gives people and things meaning, you know, like, there's all this pontificating that goes on before they yeah. actually screen the film, and so my friend Hiju was there and um, I had tweeted I was there and she goes hey I'm here too and she came you know it was nice that she happened to check and so she came over and was talking to me and I did not notice this lady in front of me who was you know wearing jeans and keen sandals and had the short gray haircut you know like one of those intellectual types that would never dress up for a premiere and she was uh-huh. you know taking everything real seriously but she was right in front of me and I, I just didn't see her there and so I leaned my elbow right on her chair and I was like hey Hiju and I'm just leaning her and the lady goes can you please not lean on my chair and I'm like I'm sorry I'm so sorry (laughs) I was the peanut gallery it was annoying the (laughs) the older lady in front of me (laughs) but anyway that that did not feel good and I I apologized profusely and everyone was like god Stephanie (laughs) (laughs) oh the pain was palpable so that was my that was my movie thing um um well, before we get uh, going, really, with this episode, I did want to mention, um, I was talking to Dustin from Feral Audio, of which Dongtini is a part of the uh, uh, Feral Audio uh, uh, podcast collective, and uh, and Duncan, t- so Dustin told me that uh, uh, on Duncan Trussell's message board that a listener, Dr. Strib, I went and looked it up, had, uh, had said that they were... Uh, that it was killing them that Dongtini was on maternity leave and I was so touched to read that so I don't know if Dr. Strib is someone else that we've already communicated with but because I don't know that name but anyway anyway thank you for saying that that really touched my heart so, so nice. yeah <laughs> it was so nice when we posted the last episode and people were like thank god you're back and I'm like oh I know it was such a good response <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they were waiting and they're back and the downloads were back to normal again it's like everyone was ready to go <laughs> so that was awesome. So thank you everyone for your patience. Um, yeah, we're gonna try. I didn't even reply to your email because I have no, no time or patience. But um, yes, we should try and do every every two weeks. But this might be sooner than that. We'll see how I do with okay. editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did excellent last week job I had on time. editing last week. Thank you, thank you. We actually recorded that listener a week before we put it out, but I just couldn't get it together to, to edit it, so I do apologize. You have a really good it's, excuse. No one is going to like, say, I think that you should stop mothering your newborn and make sure that you get the right LCD sound system song underneath this story about Daft Punk, okay? If only that were the reason, but it's like, because I have to pump breast milk, you know, several times a day, and I sit on Facebook each of those times so I could theoretically be editing all of those times but it's just something about it it's just like I just like to zone out and just do that and get it done and leave you know what I mean so when I actually sat down and did it it was like I did do it in all my pump sessions so I was like wow I did it you know (laughs) yeah it's so depressing but anyway yeah so it's like I I could have done it so many times over if I'd better used the better utilized the time that I had yeah (laughs) so uh, I apologize listener but I'll try and do better now that I see how efficient it was I think I can get it done so we'll see anyway now uh, tell me about uh, David's weekend Oh, okay. So last weekend, David had BJ boot camp in Las Vegas, which is what he writes on the calendar when he goes to teach a blackjack boot camp. And he and his friend Colin from the Holy Rollers movie do these things, and um, they charge $1,500 per person for a weekend to show them how to count cards. So 
um, people come out. Yeah, they have it at the MGM, and they they had no way. I think they had a Tropicana because they got kicked out of the MGM. But anyway, um, so he calls me on Saturday night, and he goes, David calls me, says, yeah, there's a businessman from um, you know Chicago or somewhere around there who who came out and he had eighty thousand dollars, and he's like, I'm so excited to take your boot your boot camp because I want to you know this will be my investment and I'll multiply this money. And they're like, great, you know, see you tomorrow at the boot camp. And they went to go see a movie. When they came out of the movie, they had an email from that guy, and he goes, I went to the tables. I lost all $80,000. I'm going home. I'm not going to your boot camp. <gasps> he lost $80,000 in two hours on the tables. Oh, my God. Why did he just wait for the fucking boot camp? Exactly. And he even said, he goes, I don't have the emotional regulation in order to be able to count cards well. And they're like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Wow, I, uh, I guess that wouldn't have made any difference. Jesus Christ, that's insane. I just, I can't wrap my head around that at no. all. Yeah, so that's my story. Makes me ill. Yeah, and it's going to casinos, which are the most horrible things in the world, you know, like for those things to eat, eat your money when there are people starving and, you know. <laughs> yeah, just, I can't let myself think about it, or else it would be too no. sad. And in two uh, hours, too, just boom. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, people like that are out there. People with that kind of money are out there. Yeah. It's weird to think about. Um. So do you still have your handicap parking badge? Do you I still do. have those rights have and privileges. <laughs> I have it for just precious less than two weeks left now it expires June 30th it's going to get really tough I've got so used to having it that I parked in the handicapped spot and went into the store and came back out and realized I hadn't even bothered to put my thing up like I just thought because I don't have it permanently up you're just supposed to hang it when you park because it's like it blocks your view and I was like oh my god I'm so used to it and entitled that I'm just walking in now thinking that I'm just permanently handicapped so I was like shit I didn't get a ticket or anything but I was like oh my god I couldn't believe I did that so yeah so that happened but um, we wanted to uh, take Quincy out for his first outing it was when he was uh, uh, a week old and we went up to Griffith Observatory and it was a Saturday which is you know obviously crazy busy at a place like that and we had to go in two cars because it was uh, you know uh, mine and Greg's sisters were here our mothers were here and you know it was you know like six people or seven people anyway so um uh, so we go in the two cars and I have the handicap placard and usually like you'd have to park way down the hill and like walk all the way to the top but because we had that we went all the way to the top in the car and then uh, and then they moved a cone and we got the first most closest spot to the observatory meanwhile my sister and Greg's sister were in a separate car and they had to park not even like usually at the bottom of the hill but even further down the hill because it was so extra crowded so we had to wait like all this time for them to come and join us I'm like hi yeah we're the first car right at the top did they have to park so, down past the marty mcfly tunnel <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah just yeah past the marty mcfly tunnel the tunnel from back to the future 2 listener is uh, on the way to griffith observatory where uh, uh, uh marty and biff are uh, facing off in that tunnel and biff ends up in the manure spoiler alert um so uh, <laughs> 
yeah so that's where they parked just down the bottom there so it was it was fucked so anyway so uh, I'm really gonna miss this I, li- I like I, I had a doctor's appointment and I had there was street parking and it was two hours max and I didn't know how long the appointment was gonna be and I'm like it doesn't matter it could take all day I'm just gonna sit here on the street because yeah you can nice. stay there as long as you want so it's like stuff like that not so much even taking up the handicap space but having the un- unlimited time in meters and uh, and uh, other limited parking is really gonna I'm really gonna miss it so I gotta yeah. park as much as I can the next couple weeks so I think you should and if anyone yeah. gives you any trouble like this is my fantasy to have the excuse to say this like like if someone gave me some kind of you know guff for being in a handicapped spot or something I would love to roll down the window and say I pay taxes bitch like I've always wanted to say that <laughs> I thought that would be really fun I, just I like that I'll say that yet. Because I've been looking a bit too in shape now because, I mean, definitely the first two weeks I could, you know, I really could barely walk some of the time, especially the first week it was so hard and I'm like, I so need this. So it was great. But now I'm pretty much fine. And the other day I just pulled up and it was like after hours and I pulled up in the handicap spot in front of the bank and there's tons of spaces, but it was just the closest one. Anyway, and this guy's like looking at me like, hmm, is she really handicapped? And I realized I'm just strutting to the ATM in heels and I'm like... I don't seem very handicapped right now. And I didn't feel very handicapped either. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so For I will say, I play taxes, bitch. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Only this seems really satisfying. <laughs> okay, now so, on a more somber note, is this somber? What's coming up? Kind of. Because, um,. I have written on the document the um, my monastery voyage because for the past couple months or so I've been thinking that it would be really fun to go to a monastery because I've, I've I know some people who do this as part of their you know master divinity program or something like they'll go out to these monasteries they have them on islands around here and kind of I, I think they have them everywhere they're just so obviously unobtrusive that you can walk right by them I remember when I was I had a therapist downtown I would walk past this Buddhist monastery on Queen Anne in Seattle all the time I was like that's kind of cool there's an urban monastery or whatever so I was like I was, I was I've just been calling around thinking I would like to go to a Catholic monastery and be you know have a cell for just a, a couple days two or three days and take a vow uh-huh. of silence and be alone yeah <laughs> so i've been calling and emailing with these nuns and they're so adorable and they some of them type in all caps and stuff like that so i'm gonna try yeah they're like it sounds like they're trying like to shout like they're so used to being quiet that they're trying to shout yeah. at any chance that they get by typing in all caps <laughs> Yes, they're all their names are all sister, but it's S R period, and I, I want to say is that senior? Or, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Like yeah, they but they're so kind and helpful, and um, so I've been like trying to, I've probably contacted like six or seven monasteries, and like can, you know I have these dates blocked out where I can take off work, and do you have a space for me just to come and hang out? Can you please just shut me in a cell? I want to be mothered on by nuns. <laughs> and not talk to anybody for a couple days and um so it's turned out that none of these monasteries are available for the time i have off which is wednesday thursday friday this week so i instead booked a hotel room downtown and i'm just gonna go by myself and not be with anybody and just have a vow of silence and just read and write and yeah that's awesome I have a friend who did yeah. that a few weeks ago. Yeah, it seems like a great idea. Are you going to turn the TV on? I think you should leave the TV off. 
I want I don't want to have a rule like that there because then I'll want to break it <laughs> but I'm not taking a computer and I'm only going to turn on my phone in the evening just to call home like I want to have that be a big I, I want to detox yep. from the internet because that is absolutely all-consuming and um so I, I just think you'll feel very detoxed if you find that you've watched five episodes of Hoarders in a row, which I've yeah, done. Or, in you know, it could, though, <laughs> because I never get to watch TV, and it's my favorite thing, and I have kids who, like, jump on me, right, you know? Right. So um, I'm, so I want to feel that out, but... So I'm leaving that possibility open, but I, you know, have all these books I'm going to catch up on. And, um, so that's just going to be the thing. But it feels so strange to do because it feels totally. like the most selfish thing you can possibly do. And my therapist yeah. friends are like, no, this is actually kind of the opposite. Because if you're a mother and you run communities for people who have spiritual abuse, then you need to water the tree that is you in order to bear fruit for other, you know, like that sort of stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to think of it that way. But yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Are you staying for one night or two? Two nights. Oh, cool. That's good. Yeah. You can really sink your teeth in. That's great. I know. Well, good job. I, I can't know. wait to hear how that went. <laughs> I, I, I'm already kind of thinking, what if I'm really sad when the end comes and I have to go back to real life? <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm just kind of factoring all that in. Like, you know, my, one of my friends went to, um, what was it? Like a love at love lover love addicts anonymous camp uh-huh. um recently where you like have a week-long session there and she said that she fully detoxed from the internet and she was like feeling itchy because she oh. like missed the internet <laughs> yeah bet. you know I get so. mad when I find that I'm going on the internet in between my pump sessions because I know I have another internet session coming up now the way my life is structured so I'm like oh god I'm <laughs> wasting my time on it now when I know I, I'll be going on it again in two and a half hours <laughs> so yeah um, why are we looking for Catholic monasteries in particular I don't I think that there's just something about I, I've just been reading um, this by this woman Kathleen Norris she's a nun I've been reading some stuff by her and I have this like sound of music fantasy where I'm like what would it be like in yeah. <laughs> the actual I'm sure it would not be like an Austrian monastery at all but um, I just yeah it was something I'm drawn to that I'm, I'm just curious about it but I told the dong doctor about that because he's done like Buddhist retreats before and yeah. he goes you and a Catholic monastery is the last place I would ever have put you <laughs> so yeah I don't know maybe maybe one will free up and I'll get to go to one someday but yeah. for now the hotel's my monastery sounds good I look forward to hearing about it yeah um, so I posted that link was it yes. last week couple weeks ago on the modesty culture thing Tell me what yes. you remember from it, because um, your take on it fascinates me. Yeah, so I guess this there was this was it a sermon just talking about? I didn't actually read the thread; I just watched the video. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, yes, yeah, so was it a, was it a sermon just talking about the importance of modesty and how women need to dress modestly to because men just can't help themselves and will want to have sex with them essentially but it's mm-hmm. all the power is all in the women that they have to cover up because these men just can't help themselves was that sort of the the basic gist of it yeah 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 <laughs> insane in fucking sane yep and that's just normal like i grew up hearing that stuff and they're like, okay, you you know, you need to cover up more. And I like the way I grew up wasn't as hardcore as a lot of people, 
Yeah. But that was all. They would say things like, "You're going to make guys stumble. You you have to be careful. They get turned on by anything." And it's just kind of a sick, <laughs> fetishizing kind of situation where yes. they're not giving the guy any credit, like for any kind of self control. They're like making it the girl's fault on a lot of levels. Yeah. And, it's like and why are these guy, why are these men running the world when they're such fucking meathead <laughs> morons? They can't keep their dicks in their pants because a girl showed a bit too much of her neck, you know? Like, what the fuck? And this, this is who's running the world. Great. You know, this yep. is, it, just, it doesn't add up at all. Well, you know what's really freaky is the guy who gave that sermon was part of this um, church system called Sovereign Grace Ministries, and they uh-huh. recently come under major fire for having covered up sexual abuse scandals. <gasps> it's, there's all these court cases going on. Yes, they take that covering up shit real seriously. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. That's fucked up. Yeah, of course they do. You you, uh, repress people that badly. It's just not going to go well. So what I found interesting from his sermon is that he said something like, I find modesty very attractive. (laughs) Well, if you find that attractive, then should women dress slutty around you? Because you're into that shit so it's just like playing into his his weakness because he finds that attractive so i thought that was quite a conundrum um yeah i didn't know what to do (laughs) i I love hearing from people who this is new to because you know i only in like recent years have gone that's messed up but you know because i grew up hearing those stuff and so from you know you and greg or greg was texting me hilarious stuff and i'm like i love these Uh outsider sane perspectives from people who are untainted and they know how diseased this is so yeah (sighs) i mean you know i think many many or most girls have been you know suggested to to dress sort of you know somewhat modestly but it's just more like about self-respect not about it's up to you to stop these men from having sex with you they can't help it you know it was never about that you know so at least in my upbringing so pretty nuts people started commenting on that thread there was um one woman who said we need to take we need to teach our children that rape is wrong and I thought that was interesting. <laughs> like, <laughs> am I being too naive to think that that is not something that's commonly taught? That ra- I mean, I'm sure in some cult, you that's know, what seems to be parts. the case. Like with uh, the Steubenville yeah. case, that that that, the whole, that nobody seemed to think that what was going on to that poor girl was any kind of assault or rape. They you have, know, I just think they must have known. Like you see something like that happen, but it just is a matter of being too scared to speak up or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Who knows? I just think that's interesting. That that yeah. is something we have to worry about. We have to teach people that this is wrong. So yeah, but that's true. That I mean, the whole modesty thing on not even on, on a religious level. Like I said, it's the talk to the girls. You've got to, you know, kind of, we have to take control and we have to dress modestly and not, you know, take care of ourselves. But but you don't feel like the guys are being taught not to do horrible things to women. You know what I mean? That that yeah. that doesn't seem to be being taught. Just girls, guys are out of control. You know, whether yeah. it's for religious reasons or not. It's just cover up, you know. But yeah, guys just yeah, do what you're going to do. You know, it just it doesn't it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't add up. The same this the the opposite message isn't being taught. So Yeah, exactly. Like um John Worcester has a picture of this. He's kind of grew up in Amish country or something in um, Pennsylvania, but he has a picture of this kind of Mennonite sign outside of Mennonite church that says, um, "Wives, submit unto your unto your husbands." And his caption his caption is, "Husbands, keep on partying." Because <laughs> that's totally what's suggested when you say that. <laughs> yeah, totally. 
Um, now, just before we recorded, I went out to to pick up our, our dinner, and I don't know what made me think of it, but when I was growing up in our church, there was a an older man, and I guess his wife had died, and the way my grandma told it to me was, when his wife died, he was so sad, he got started wearing her clothing, <gasps> and... Uh, <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so we just thought, oh, the poor man, he just misses his wife so much. He just he's trying to be close to her by wearing her clothes. Well, anyway, I believed that until there was an article in the Woman's Day magazine featuring our church member who went by the name Louise and uh, just explaining it all. And I guess he'd had a long desire to, to cross-dress and um, his wife was like, no, you can't do that. So he just didn't do it. And like, just like when there would be like a fancy dress party or whatever, he'd be like, hey, I'm dressed as a woman. But he was like, he was just getting that out, you know? And wow. uh, anyway, so then when she died, he was free to, you know, to dress up in, in women's clothing. But otherwise he was, you know, as far as I knew, he was heterosexual and there's a lot of, you know, uh, heterosexual uh, men who, you know, I know why I thought of it. I saw a guy dressed in women's clothing on my way. That's why I thought of it. So anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, but then I was wondering, like, he was accepted in our church. You know, I didn't mm -hmm. think it was a particularly, you know, liberal church by any stretch. But, you know, um, and I just wondered how does Christian culture feel about someone who is heterosexual but cross-dressing? Or does that just kind of not come up enough for you to really have an yeah. answer? This isn't anything that... that I've ever heard of happening, um, <laughs> except, well, it makes, I just, it just occurred to me that there's a little two or three year old boy named Aiden at our church and he has a twin brother. He has an identical twin. Um, mm -hmm. and, but Aiden loves to wear his big sister's clothes. So every uh -huh. week he's wearing, you know, his older sister, she's like, you know, two years older and he'll, he can wear her clothes. So he's wearing a beautiful dress and headband and her sparkly shoes like every week. And it's, they're like, sure, he can wear that if he wants. Like his dad's, yeah. one of his dad's graduate degrees was in gender studies or something. So he's, right. he's very forward thinking about that sort of thing. But I, and I love it every week. Cause I'm like back home, that would never have happened. Like yeah. you would not let your son wear a pretty dress to church. You would not do yeah. that. Um, so for Christian culture, that as I've experienced it, which is largely Bible Belt, but still is very um, has very strong pockets of the same culture all over the country, not just in the Bible Belt. I I just can't see that happening at David's parents' church in in the Bay Area. I can't see that happening even on the East Coast. Um, it's nothing that was ever talked about for yeah. sure. So. Yeah, I guess um, it wasn't wouldn't would be normally talked about even at my church. We just said we just happened to have a, a member of the congregation that was a, a tall, deep voiced named Louise. So uh, yeah, <laughs> and who used to drag up to church dressed as a man. Yeah, yeah, no, he was nice. But, was it um, an Anglican church? That you yes, it was. In? Okay. Yeah. Does that explain something? A little bit. I mean, they're they're <laughs> progressive, you know. Yeah, yeah. They have you know women in leadership there and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had a, a female priest. Oh no, she wasn't a priest. She was a deacon because they wouldn't um, make them priests. Oh, they, they wouldn't fully now. or now, of course. Yeah, okay. yeah. She wasn't fully, and people left because of it uh, when we had women. So yeah, so yeah. What did your mom and grandma think of that? My mom wasn't into it, and my grandma wanted to leave, and they were all like, Jesus' disciples were men, you know, like, this uh, is wrong, and I was like, <laughs> and, that, and that's when I, that's when I 
found my early feminist in that nobody taught me that, but I just knew that that was mm-hmm. bullshit, you know? So yeah. I was yeah. like, I, I said to my grandma, I was like, if she had a deep voice and you couldn't see very well, you wouldn't know any different. The words would be the same. That's what I nice. came up with in my own 12 year old mind. So, awesome. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I forgot to ask you last week when we were talking about Behind the Candelabra, what do you think your grandmother would have thought of the movie? Oh my God. I don't even. She would have heard about it probably and wanted to see it because she wants to see anything to do with everything she likes. So, because uh, she loves yeah. Liberace. She loves Liberace. My grandma's interests were Elvis, Liberace, and Jesus. I think she loved them <laughs> almost equally. <laughs> That's such a wonderful trifecta. I know, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I don't know but my mom was here at the time and, and my mom also liked Liberace but not like my grandma but I didn't even tell her about it I think the night after we saw it I said yeah we went to see this Liberace movie you wouldn't like it because it's about Liberace and his boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> and th- that's where I left it and then I sent uh, a copy of it via my mum to give to my sister and I texted my sister I'm like don't watch it with mum there's a lot of butt fucking <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to picture like what my mother-in-law would do if that scene came on oh, I'm just trying to picture <laughs> just why is it that I'm almost 40 and I can still like feel all nervous like a little kid again just thinking about watching Liberace <laughs> pop fuck Matt Damon with my mother-in-law in the room <sighs> oh boy Maybe the scientists um, can explain that to me. Just like the Muslim the scientists. scientists have a new theory. <laughs> Do you That's like my right. <laughs> I think it's an old theory and a sound theory. But again, um, with all my hours of sitting on Facebook all the time now because I have to pump milk, I saw this great video of a Muslim scientist insisting that the world is flat because it says so. <sighs> in the Quran and uh, and is he saying it's, it's flat because it says the heavens and the, uh, the heavens are the breadth of the earth which indicates that the earth is flat it would be the, the breadth of something right so then there's this uh-huh. other scientist who's like well you know there's all these satellites and you know uh, new innovations and spaceships and we actually have video footage now from space showing that the earth is round and uh and then he goes on to explain that they, and this guy's also muslim and he's like the way we see a ship approaching on the horizon you can see the mast and then the rest of the ship you know follows you know because it's coming over the over the round earth you know he's saying that that's why it proves this and then the first scientist he, he says that, that we still don't know how the eye works and that the eye, we don't know why the eye sees things that are round that aren't. So it's just like, because he's wow. still going with like, that's what the Quran says. So that has to be true. So that must mean that we don't know how the eye works. So it was amazing. People but, will stick to that. People will stick to yeah. their guns. Like any, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you, they will not be convinced. They will not be moved. No, like, exactly. It's like once you've says, decided that's what the Bible that, says. Yeah. Once you've decided that this is this is what the truth is, then you're gonna bend everything else. And I, that was like the most amazing sort of bending I'd seen, that we don't know how the eye works and why it sees things round that are not. So because it cannot be, because this says it's not. It's just oh. fa- fucking fascinating. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. But I just think it was a really good reminder of, you know when you think you believe in something just 
what is your foundation based on, you know? So, yeah. And, yeah. and, 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 read, and are you truly challenging it? <laughs> yes, exactly. So are you truly challenging the place you started from? I think that, that, that yeah. that's a good reminder of that. So, yeah. That's, that's really difficult to do. But if yeah. more people would do it, I think that it would... It would be so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. people, I think people don't even realize that they're not doing that. And I was actually talking with yeah. Eugene in the comment thread from last week because he, he listened oh. to that Rob Bell thing you were talking about. And oh, he yeah. said he, he was annoyed. He was kind of annoyed by how they would, he thought they were dismissive um, of, of atheism and just sort of said, uh -huh. you need to have a lot of faith to be an atheist. And atheists hate when people say that. And, and I right. think when, when, when people say that, it's, it's, it's because they, it's like they can't grasp like not believing in something like like they're like they can't grasp that anyone has let go of their the faith they started with enough that it requires you know that it must require faith to do that you know what i mean it's like you don't understand yeah. that we've let it go completely and that's why we don't need any faith now you know what i mean and uh yeah. it, whereas i feel like they must have been coming from a place where they they haven't fully let it go it sounded like to me that and again this is i haven't heard it this is only based on eugene saying that they said that you had to have faith to be an atheist it's like if you fully yeah. let it go you don't need faith just like you don't need faith to not believe in the tooth fairy you know what i mean because it just right. doesn't make any sense to you so yeah but but that, that sort of tied in with this you know deciding that this is your starting point and everything comes out of that i think like to really challenge if you really just let it go you know and then examine so yeah i thought uh that sort of tied it all up so yeah, yeah. So, that's good that you, it reminds me too do you remember I, I think it's been like two or three years there was i think um some kind of professor um doctor of psychology or something from iran who was speaking in, at some college in brooklyn and they asked um how are homosexuals treated in iran and he says we don't have that problem there and everyone <sighs> just laughed at him do you remember that <laughs> vaguely it sounds vaguely familiar I'll see if I can find the clip because it was so funny. Just everyone's response was ah. <laughs> He's like, "What? No, that does, that doesn't exist. You know, I don't have that in my frame of concept, or or I'm gay and I won't admit it to myself, or something, yeah, whatever's yeah. under that." Uh, Amazing. It's really sad. Oy. So speaking of sad, um, uh, someone sent me <laughs> a link to this blog by a Christian woman. It's a blog post that um, is titled 62 Things to Say to Make Your Husband Feel Great. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, exactly. So I click on it, and it's it's like Mad Libs. It has these blanks, you know, where you can say, I can't, you know, I can't believe how blank you are. You are so clearly gifted in that area. Um, the way you blank is such a good compliment to me. God knew what I needed when he gave me you. And so I was like, I'm totally going to send all these to David. I'm just going to text them and then get screen screen grabs of it, you know. So there's 62 of them. So while he's in Vegas, he, he texted me and he said, hey, I washed Lolly's pants um, so they can go back to school or whatever. And, um, you know, she had borrowed them from the nurse because she peed her pants or something. And, um, and so I go, thanks for doing that. It means a lot to me when you serve me in little ways like that. <laughs> He writes back, Ew, are you serious? And I go, I am such a different woman because of the way you wash Lolly's pants. And he goes, Don't be <laughs> gross. What are you talking about? And it was so, I was having so much fun. So um, it went on and on. And he's like, started to kind of kind of catch on i go i'm you know i was going down the list and just responding it did it didn't make any sense to whatever he had just said before but i was just like gonna say all 62 of them and so i go 
I'm seeing lately that you may not feel very manly, but I hope you know that I still respect you deeply. And he goes, I'm seeing lately that you seem to be prodding me like I am a cold dead fawn that you pity after you mowed it over in your Narnia isolate. <laughs> and I go, let's clear the calendar and get out of Dodge together. And then capitalize Dodge. <laughs> and he goes, have you ever said out of Dodge in your entire life? Are you drinking Franzia right now? <laughs> and then like a little later down he goes your meds came in the mail just saying and don't wash them down with Long Islands this time <laughs> so I did all 62 and I put them on Tumblr like in three installments and it was really fun wow well was... done doing all 62 I know and, like towards the end we were both like is this almost over <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'll put a link at dongtaini.com did you explain to him at any point what you were doing or did you just keep nope doing it? <laughs> no he yeah he just he could tell by like 40 or 50 oh, that I was this up was to some something. sort of list yes <laughs> oh man well I say we celebrate that accomplishment with the release of a balloon <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, actually not, because as I've said before, helium is a terrible waste uh, oh, on right, balloons. Um, when we need the helium for medical equipment, and it's non-renewable, and once we run out of helium, we're out of helium. Anyway, I just want to say that, did I say this last week, that the balloon I was given for my farewell uh, when I yeah. left work at the end of April, it's still it's still touching the ceiling in the oh, nursery here. So I don't know how this crazy. has lasted for two months, but it, it has almost two months for this balloon. But anyway, um, so Greg showed me this, um, this letter. Greg has kept this little snippet from a newspaper. Uh, for many, many years. He showed it to me several times over the years, and he showed it to me again, and this time I took a photo of it, and it says, this is, yeah, letters to the editor, with the, the title the newspaper has given it, Inflated Problem. And the person writes, Isn't it time to put a ban on those Mylar balloons? There has to be a way to express exuberance without polluting the ocean and the air. We were without power for eight hours recently because a balloon hit power lines. Balloons are for very small children and small minds. J.E. Burrell, San Francisco. That's so judgmental. <laughs> small minds. Thank God. Yeah. Like Letters the, to the editor are maybe for small minds. Come on. Yeah, but the, here's the thing. I, so I can say I thought I, I always thought this was so funny. And then after Greg, I looked at this the other day. Um, I googled it. And it turns out there's a Mylar ban uh, in <laughs> California where you're like not allowed to. You have to sell them with a the weight because I didn't realize that these balloons are always going out and like causing power outages and stuff in whole. No balloon. way. Yeah, it's it's a real problem. They cause blackouts and you know all this money is lost from businesses and yeah it's insane that one balloon can do this then. because they're metal you know so when they hit power lines if they because if they hit <laughs> one line it causes a massive problem so whereas i thought this person was just a cranky old nut now i'm kind of extra on their side plus it's a waste of helium so um <laughs> so i just wanted to share that <laughs> Oh, very good. That's a strong case against the Mylar balloon in this It is this. It is a strong case. Um, now, uh, I don't know how I even stumbled upon this, but uh, I read this, and I guess it's from The Onion, from 1997. 
And I Ooh. laughed so hard that I was crying and Greg was asking what was going on and I couldn't even speak. Yes. I was laughing so hard. And I don't know if this oh, is boy. just because of my recent condition where I've had a child or what. My child didn't arrive <laughs> this way. But anyway, the, the onion piece is titled Eight Pound Man Removed from Woman's Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's just the greatest thing ever. Okay. Albuquerque, New Mexico. In a bizarre case that has baffled medical professionals across the country, surgeons at Albuquerque's Veterans Memorial Hospital removed a living eight-pound man from the confines of an area woman's vagina on Monday. <laughs> the unusually small man, who has refused to identify himself or give reason for his presence in the vagina, was extremely disoriented throughout the incident and, according to eyewitnesses, was nude and covered in blood and gore. <laughs> <laughs> Though the man strenuously resisted rescue attempts, screaming and kicking wildly at medical personnel, he has not yet been charged with any crime. <laughs> oh my god, they're calling him a man. I know, I know. And then uh, we get all kinds of strange things here in the emergency room. Emergency unit, said Dr. Carlos Mendoza, a surgeon at Veterans General, but this was something new. At first glance, Mrs. Hessman appeared to be obese, but upon closer examination, it became apparent that she was actually suffering from a severe abdominal distension. After she described her painful symptoms, we conducted an examination of her vagina. Imagine our shock and surprise when we discovered there that there, looking back at us, was a tiny human head. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, after overcoming their initial shock, doctors discovered that the grotesque miniature head belonged to a small man. <laughs> <laughs> grotesque the attending, head. the attending physicians performed emergency surgery to forcibly remove him and notified local police. <laughs> At this time, we have no idea how this man came to be situated within the woman's vagina or what motivated, or what motivation he might have had have had for being there," said Albuquerque police chief. His day and state, public defecating and lack of clothing suggest that he is mentally ill homeless man who is who is seeking shelter. Yet it's hard to believe that someone so feeble and mentally disturbed would be capable of such an intrusion. We have not ruled out the possibility that he had help. <laughs> and it goes on and on. But anyway, yeah, I just thought that was just, I couldn't, I just was losing it, like crying, not couldn't speak with laughter when I first read that. I hope everyone else finds that as funny as I did. <laughs> oh. Oh, so I love the onion. It's the best. But yeah, that was from 1997. I read something so. the other day where someone said, she goes, I don't like parody. I'm not a fan of Stephen Colbert or the onion. And I was like, I can't read any more of what this person is saying. I no. just can't. That's like saying you hate the Beatles or something. What? I know. What could they possibly find funny? Like, I don't even understand. Yeah, she goes, call me humorless. That's fine. I'm like, okay. Good. We will. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, for my closing statement, I would like to tell you about this glorious pickup truck I saw today. I was standing outside on my lunch break, and this shiny, brand new pickup truck driven by Latino gentlemen with lots of lawn equipment in the back came down the street towards me, and it had like really fancy, like like rims and it was really shiny and on the, on the windshield in these letters like you would peel to put like let's say closed or something but individual like you know those mylar i suppose kind of material <laughs> letters that you would get yep. you know at home depot that was spelled like kind of not evenly but these letters were spelled out separately 
baby boy. <laughs> and it made me think of Behind the Candelabra, how Liberace called everybody baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's like a Liberace truck. Do those Mexicans know? Do they know? That <laughs> that's a shiny truck. They have rims. Maybe they do like Liberace. <laughs> I don't think I would have picked up on that. I didn't remember that he said that all the time. He oh. called the dogs that, and he called Scott that. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember saying the dogs now. And I, and I think I know it because I called David that to creep him out. He's like, gross, stop calling me that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's all we've got for this week. Um, yes. So you guys can go to donktini.com to see links to things we've talked about on here. And... Yes. Um, yeah, if you're, oh, what's what's our sales pitch? If you're on Amazon, click through donktini.com. Yes, and, <laughs> and, and we'll get a cut. Yeah, yeah, that would be rad of you. So, until next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Bye. Bye. Dream, what does it mean?